This is day 32 of our daily Bible reading plan. We will be going through chapters 3 through 7 today. Lord Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Please humble us. Please open up our ears, open up our eyes to your word, to your truth, that we may see it for what it really is and not let the world define it for us or let our own estimations, our own wisdom try to define it for us, but Lord, that you would define it for us, that you would reveal who you are and just kind of remind us of your love. We're forgetful creatures, Lord. Please remind us of your love and your compassion and your patience with us. Thank you for your gifts and thank you for your grace, which has kept us this far. Please continue to be with us as we go through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Then we turned and went up the road to Bashan, and Og, king of Bashan, with all his people, came out to meet us in battle at Adrei. But the Lord said to me, Do not fear him, for I have delivered him and all his people and his land into your hand. And you shall do to him just as you did to Sion, king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon. So the Lord our God delivered Og also, king of Bashan, with all his people into our hand. And we smote them until no survivor was left. We captured all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we did not take from them. Sixty cities, all the region of Argob the kingdom of Og, of Bashan. All these were cities fortified with high walls, gates, and bars, besides a great many unwalled towns. We utterly destroyed them, as we did to Sion, king in Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. But all the animals and all the spoils of the cities we took as our booty, Thus we took the land at that time from the hand of the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, from the valley of Arnon to Mount Hermon. Sidonians call Hermon Syrian, and the Amorites call it Senir. All the cities of the plateau, and all of Gilead, and all Bashan, as far as Salika and Adrei, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. For only Og, king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. Behold, his bedstead was an iron bedstead. It is in Rabbah of the sons of Ammon. Its length was nine cubits, and its width four cubits by ordinary cubit. So he took possession of this land at the time. From Eror, which is by the valley of Arnon, and half the hill country of Gilead and its cities, I gave to the Reubenites and to the Gadites. The rest of Gilead and all Bashan, the kingdom of Og, I gave to the half-tribe of Manasseh. All the region of Argob, concerning all Bashan, it is called the land of Rephaim. Jair the son of Manasseh took all the region of Argob as far as the border of the Geshurites the Maacathites, and called it, that is, Bashan, after his own name, 
Havoth Jair, as it is to this day. To Machir I gave Gilead. To the Reubenites and to the Gadites I gave from Gilead even as far as the valley of Arnon, the middle of the valley as a border, and as far as the river Jabbok, the border of the sons of Ammon, the Arabah also, with the Jordan as a border, from Chinnereth even as far as the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah on the east. Then I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess it. All you valiant men cross over armed before your brothers, the sons of Israel. But your wives and your little ones and your livestock, I know that you have much livestock, shall remain in your cities, which I have given you, until the Lord gives rest to your fellow countrymen as to you. And they also possess the land which the Lord your God will give them beyond the Jordan. Then you may return, every man to his possession which I have given you. I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. So the Lord shall do to all the kingdoms into which you are about to cross. Do not fear them, for the Lord your God is the one fighting for you. I also pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? Let me, I pray, cross over and see the fair land that is beyond the Jordan that good hill country, and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account, and would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, Enough! Speak to me no more of this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah, and lift up your eyes to the west, and north, and south, and east, and see it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over this Jordan. But charge Joshua, and encourage him, and strengthen him, for he shall go across at the head of his people, and he will give them as an inheritance the land which you will seek. So we remained in the valley opposite Beth Peor. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I am teaching you to perform, so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord your God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in the case of Baal Peor. For all the men who follow Baal Peor the Lord your God has destroyed them from among you. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. See, I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do thus in the land where you are entering to possess it. So keep and do them, for that is your wisdom 
and your understanding in the sights of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as is the Lord our God, whenever we call on him? Or what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law which I am setting before you today? Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. But make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Assemble the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire to the very heart of the heavens. Darkness cloud and thick gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you from the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but you saw no form, only a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone, the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that you might perform them in the land where you are going over to possess it. So watch yourselves carefully, since you did not see any form on the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire, so that you do not act corruptly and make a graven image for yourselves in the form of any figure the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the sky, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water below the earth. And beware not to lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the host of heaven, and be drawn away and worship them, and serve them. Those which the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace from Egypt to be a people for his own possession as today. Now the Lord was angry with me on your account and swore that I would not cross the Jordan and that I would not enter the good land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. For I will die in this land. I shall not cross the Jordan, but you shall cross and take possession of this good land. So watch yourselves, that you do not forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a graven image in the form of anything against which the Lord your God has commanded you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. When you become the father of children and children's children 
and have remained long in the land and act corruptly and make an idol in the form of anything and do that that which is evil in the sight of the Lord your God so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will surely perish quickly from the land where you are going over the Jordan to possess it. You shall not live long on it, but will be utterly destroyed. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. There you will serve gods, the work of man's hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress, and all these things have come upon you, in the latter days you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. For the Lord your God is a compassionate God. He will not fail you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers, which he swore to them. Indeed, ask now concerning the former days which were before you, since the day that God created man on the earth, and inquire from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything been done like this great thing? Or has anything been heard like it? Has any people heard the voice of God speaking from the midst of the fire, as you have heard it and survived? Or has a God tried to go to take for himself a nation from within another nation? By trials, by signs and wonders, and by war and by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm and by great terrors, as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? To you it was shown, that you might know that the Lord, he is God. There is no other besides him. Out of the heavens he lets you hear his voice to discipline you. And on earth he let you see his great fire. And you heard his words from the midst of the fire. Because he loved your fathers, therefore he chose their descendants after them. And he personally brought you from Egypt by his great power, driving you from before nations greater and mightier than you, to bring you in and to give you their land for an inheritance, as it is today. Know therefore today, and take it to your heart, that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. So you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I am giving you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Then Moses set apart three cities across the Jordan to the east, that a manslayer might flee there, who unintentionally slew his neighbor without having enmity toward him in time past. 
and by fleeing to one of these cities, he might live. Bezer in the wilderness on the plateau for the Reubenites, and Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan for the Manasites. Now this is the law which Moses set before the sons of Israel. These are the testimonies and the statutes and the ordinances which Moses spoke to the sons of Israel when they came out from Egypt, across the Jordan, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, in the land of Sion, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon, whom Moses and the sons of Israel defeated when they came out from Egypt. They took possession of his land and the land of Og, king in Bashan, the two kings of the Amorites, who were across the Jordan to the east, from Eror, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon, even as far as Mount Sion, that is, Hermon, with all the Arabah across the Jordan to the east, even as far as the Sea of the Arabah, at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah. Then Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the ordinances which I am speaking today in your hearing, that you may learn them and observe them carefully. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, with all those of us alive here today. The Lord spoke to you face to face at the mountain, from the midst of the fire, while I was standing between the Lord and you at that time, to declare to you the word of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire, and did not go up the mountain. He said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, or any likeness of what is in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, and on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the day of the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you, so that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you, are a, you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. 
Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother, as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be prolonged, and that it may go well with you on the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. And you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, or his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. These words the Lord spoke to all your assembly at the mountain from the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick gloom, with a great voice, and he added no more. He wrote them on two tablets of stone, and gave them to me. And when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness, while the mountain was burning with fire, you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders. You said, Behold, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen today that God speaks with man, yet he lives. Now then, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer then we will die. For who is there of all flesh who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived? Go near and hear all that the Lord our God says, then speak to us all that the Lord our God speaks to you, and we will hear and do it. The Lord heard the voice of your words when you spoke to me, and the Lord said to me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken to you. They have done well in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they had such a heart in them, that they would fear me, and keep all my commandments always, that it may be well with them and with their sons forever. Go, say to them, Return to your tents. But as for you, stand here by me, that I may speak to you all the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which you shall teach them, that they may observe them in the land which I give them to possess. So you shall observe to do, just as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk in all the way which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you will possess. Now this is the commandment the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. O oh, Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, 
that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you, great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of all things which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied, then watch yourself, that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow other gods, any of the gods of the people who surround you. For the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise, the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you, and he will wipe you off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test, as you have tested him in Massa. You should diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to give your fathers, by driving out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has spoken. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, What do the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments mean which the Lord our God commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us from Egypt with a mighty hand. Moreover, the Lord showed great and distressing signs and wonders before our eyes against Egypt. Pharaoh, and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us the land which he had sworn to our fathers. So the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, and for our survival as it is today. It will be righteousness for us, if we are careful to observe all this commandment before the Lord our God, just as he has commanded us. When the Lord your God brings you into the land 
where you are entering to possess it, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and stronger than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them before you and you defeat them, then you shall utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them and show no favor to them. Furthermore, you shall not intermarry with them. You shall not give your daughters to their sons, nor shall you take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will quickly destroy you. But thus you shall do to them. You shall tear down their altars, and smash their sacred pillars, and hew down their asherim, and burn their graven images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any of the peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But because the Lord loved you, and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand, and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousandth generation with those who love him and keep his commandments, but repays those who hate him to their faces to destroy them. He will not delay with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Therefore, you shall keep the commandment and the statutes and the judgments which I am commanding you today to do them. Then it shall come about, because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you his covenant and his loving kindness, which he swore to your forefathers. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock, in the land which he swore to your forefathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There will be no male or female barren among you or among your cattle. The Lord will remove from you all sickness, and he will not put on you any of the harmful diseases of Egypt which you have known, but he will lay them on all who hate you. You shall consume all the peoples whom the Lord your God will deliver you, your eye shall not pity them, nor shall you serve their gods, for that would be a snare to you. If you should say in your heart, These nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? 
you shall not be afraid of them. You shall well remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw, and the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the hornet against them, until those who are left and hide themselves from you perish. You shall not dread them, for the Lord your God is in your midst, a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will clear away those nations before you, little by little. You will not be able to put an end to them quickly, for the wild beasts would grow too numerous for you. But the Lord your God will deliver you, and will throw them into great confusion until they are destroyed. He will deliver their kings into your hand, so that you will make their name perish from under heaven. No man will be able to stand before you until you have destroyed them. The graven images of their gods you are to burn with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, for you will be snared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord your God. You shall not bring an abomination into your house and like it come under the ban. You shall utterly detest it, and you shall utterly abhor it, for it is something banned. I loved today's reading, didn't you? It was Some of it was very similar to what we've read already, but just the way that Moses said it just was so powerful, and you could just see how well he understood the Lord and how much his heart just desired for these people to see the Lord like he saw him. So let's go through some of the key points of that. There's no reason to rehash some of this, but we'll go through some key points. In chapter 3, this is, it's just more of a retelling of what happened and how they defeated Og of Bashan and, and Sion, king of the Amorites, and... The only thing to really note here that is different than what we've seen before is it mentions how big Og, king of Bashan, was. For only, like it says in verse 11, for only Og, king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. Again, the Rephaim being a race of giants. Okay, so Og was a giant. And it says, behold, his bedstead was an iron bed. It is in Rabbah of the sons of Ammon. Its length was nine cubits, and its width four cubits by ordinary cubit. That's a big bed. And not only did he sleep on a bed of iron, I mean, that sounds very uncomfortable, but his bed was about 13 and a half feet long and six feet wide. You know, we're talking about a little over four meters long and almost two meters wide. That is a huge bed. So that must tell you how big Og was for us to for 
the people of Israel to defeat. That's an amazing man to be that big, that walked the earth. So certainly, I can see why the people of Israel would be afraid of somebody like that. I mean, I imagine that the people of Israel were about the same height as what we are today, you know, compared to a man that was easily probably 10 or more feet tall. That's a big man. And yeah, and so I can see that Pete, why would people would be afraid of that? But again, the Lord said that I would, I put them into your hand. Everything. All you have to do is go get it. And that's what they did. And they were successful. It's also noticed in here that in, at the end of chapter 3 that Moses pleaded with the Lord to, hey, God, can you please change your mind and let me go into the land to see it? I've worked hard for you for over 40 years leading these people. It's only right that I see it. Please, may I see it? The Lord was angry with him and was like, look, I already told you. I already told you you're not going over there. It's enough. Speak to me no more about it. Don't, don't, don't talk to me about this anymore. But you will go up to Pisgah, and you will lift up your eyes, and you will see the land with your eyes. But you will not cross over. Now, we know that the Lord loves Moses very much. He is a just God. So if he said that he's not going to cross, he's not going to change his mind. Right? But what we'll see at the end of Deuteronomy, when Moses is about to die is he does show him the land, just like he mentions here. But what he gets to see is not what someone could see with their own eyes, if you get what I'm saying. There's no way you could see all the land in such detail that is described at that time. God gave him a special sight, a special, I don't know if you want to say, a tour of the land, but he saw more than an average human being could see. Somehow, some way, God showed him the entire land, probably from a bird's eye view, and kept his promise to Moses. And you could see that love that he has for Moses, that even though he knew he sinned and he failed to represent him properly, he let him see the fruit of his labors. He got to see the land that he led these people into. And I love that. I think that is so beautiful of an imagery of how God is with us. Is that he doesn't, Moses didn't deserve, in his failures, he didn't deserve to have that done to, to him. But just like a good father that God is, he went above and beyond him. And he rewarded Moses more than he deserved. And he does that with us as well. And I, and I appreciate that so much about God. is, And, it, and that shows us as parents, as for me especially as a dad, how you should treat your own children. And so that was a, certainly something beautiful for me to see. Then we go to chapter 4. And then we see some things here that we have to be reminded of for ourselves. So he reminds them to obey the Lord, not because they are someone special, 
but that he chose them as his people. Like it says here, beginning in verse 7, What great nation is there that has a God so near to it as is the Lord our God? Whenever we call on him, what nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law which I am setting before you today? So this is your responsibility, Israel. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and that you, they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. Right? Do not forget the Lord your God and his commandments ever. When there's the other responsibility. Make known these things to your sons and to your grandsons. Teach the next generation. Right? Your righteousness means absolutely nothing if you're not sharing it with the next generation. This is not just a personal thing. This is not something, especially if we have family members that depend on us. We have a responsibility to teach our children these things. And there's a lot of this language that we're going to see in these chapters that we already read, right? That, like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Teach them to your children. As you sit down in your house, as you get up in the morning, as you walk by the way, you know, when you go down to bed, when you get up in the morning, put it on your door, put it on your forehead, put it everywhere. Put the name of the Lord everywhere. That means that you're never done talking about God. How often do we do that in our own house? Do we sit at the dinner table and talk about God? Do we turn off the TV and talk about God? Do we have a nighttime devotion routine with our kids to read the Bible with them? Do we pray for our kids when we wake up in the morning? Do we even bless the food that you're eating every meal? Do your kids know where you stand in your faith? Or at least, if, even if they're younger, do they know that you love the Lord? That's a responsibility that we have to share with our kids. Not only that, but if you are at the age of being a grandparent, it's not just like, well, you know, I taught my kids. It's my kid's job now. If you had grandparents in your life, I, I had grandparents that I love. I only have uh, a couple left at this point. I didn't have never forgotten their devotion to the Lord. And it stuck with me. And so I don't want anyone to think that the view of your grandparents is not important. We look to our grandparents with reverence and respect. That respect should come from a godly place where they where they stand with the Lord. So certainly the impact that we have as grandparents is just as important, if not more so, than the impact we have as parents. So don't forget that. Now, if you've read some of the New Testament, you will see some references here that may seem familiar to you. For example, 
um, at the halfway through chapter 4 here, verse 24, the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. You're going to see Deuteronomy quoted a lot in the New Testament, and that's one of them. And here's another one that you'll see, not necessarily in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, God himself says something to this same effect. Verse 29, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. Doesn't that sound similar to when God said himself, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Same understanding here. And then you see verse 31, the Lord your God is compassionate. He is a compassionate God. He will not fail you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenants with your fathers. He's not a man that he would forget these things. And he certainly has done nothing to show that he is unworthy of your trust. So certainly he is someone who is to be loved and trusted. So then he also finishes chapter 4 by reminding them about idols. He did not speak to you in any other form because we should not be giving an image to God. You heard a voice at the foot of the mountain, but you did not see a form. So do not make any idols after him, any graven images to try to represent him, because he cannot be represented by his creation. He is far beyond that. So do not do that thing. And then this part, you just see God's heart in this. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it may be well with them and with their sons forever. I feel this one so much because as a parent, we want what's best for our kids, right? As you see what is necessary for our children to be successful, we teach them a certain way and certain rules and in order to make them successful adults and also to be obedient to us. And they don't know why we teach them this. They may not fully grasp why it's important to do these things, and but that's not what's important. One day they will get it. I remember having that same thought of my parents telling me things about doing things a certain way and treating a spouse, a future spouse a certain way or doing this, doing that, take, you treat your children a certain way, blah, blah, blah. And at first I was like, okay, whatever. But it was after I became a husband and then later when I became a father that I fully understood those things and before I dismissed them. And I remember picking up the phone and calling my mom and telling her, Mom, I get it now. I am so sorry for not listening to you before. I get it. I didn't understand 
when you were just telling it to me, but you told me at that time, you'll understand one day. And now I do. And I'm so sorry for treating you so poorly in that way. And <laughs> it was a very humbling experience to figure those things out, knowing that it had already been told to me. And so we know that when we tell our kids things, to do things a certain way, to follow this certain procedure, to just be obedient, even if you don't understand why I'm telling you this rule, that you simply obey. And they may not understand why. But this is why we do it, right? Oh, that our children have such a heart in them that they would fear. Not necessarily a fear of, I want my kids to be afraid of me. But it's that respect. It's that reverence. That understanding that I am the authority figure and I need to be obeyed. That they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it may be well with them and their sons forever. That is why God says all these things. He's not out to make your life miserable. He's not out there to beat you over the head with legalism and all these rules. It's for a purpose, and it's so that the, it may go well with them, that they may be successful in everything that they do. But you see where this all comes from? It's a matter of the heart, the innermost person, the person you are on the inside that nobody else sees. That is the heart within you. Oh, that your heart may be like this, that we don't obey because we feel like we have to, but that we obey because we want to obey the Lord. And just show him that fear. I hope we can be that. Then you come to chapter 6, and you have the beautiful command to love the Lord your God in every way. Now, here's the thing, is the Hebrew people today, the Jewish people, still do this thing, and they took it literally. They actually put a little thing on their hand, and they actually put a little something on their forehead taking this quite literally. But what is it talking about here in reality? It's talking about, could somebody look at you and know that you're a Christian? When they look at you, do you have the appearance of someone who is obedient to a higher calling? When they come to your house, do you run your household in a godly manner? You know, do the people in your house show this godly behavior? It should be evident in us, right? This should be evident in our lives that we truly bought into everything that God said, that we're not just playing Christian on Sunday, but throughout everything we do in our lives, we are motivated by the love that we have for our Lord, with all our heart, our soul, and with all our might. In this same chapter, Verse 16, you shall not put your Lord, your God, to the test. We should definitely not do that. We should not challenge the Lord and try to provoke him, because he hates that. But Jesus himself used that against Satan. So certainly, it's something to keep in mind. Then, chapter 7 is about being obedient to God's calling to completely wipe out the people that they're going to conquer completely wipe them off the face of the earth, 
why. Again, we've had the same discussion for a few days. They will be led astray, like it says here, that they will be led away, led astray by these gods that these, these other nations serve. They have to be completely removing the influences around them so that they will not forget the Lord. The Lord knows that these people will not repent, fear the Lord, and yet they have not. So they intend to challenge the Lord, and they intend to challenge his chosen people. They will be wiped off the face of this earth. And the Lord is the same way with us today in terms of having an undivided heart. As a reminder, we have to eliminate anything in our lives that is causing us to stray from the Lord. We cannot serve two masters. Jesus explained that very clearly. We can't serve two masters. Because if we do have two masters, we will love one and hate the other. And more often than not, we will hate the Lord and pursue the things of this world that our flesh so much desires. Even though we know deep in our hearts that it's not going to satisfy us. That's our human condition. So completely cut it out. Remove it from your life. It's not worth it. It never has been, and it never will be. So we will have more like this in the, in the coming days where Moses will be expanding upon what he has told the people, and then he is going to be retelling some of the laws that have already been explained in the previous books. But we're getting close. We're getting close to moving out of the desert and going into the promised land here. It's coming quickly. But that'll be for another day. Until then, I'm Ryan. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you tomorrow. Take care and God bless you.